It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, September 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is really happy to be getting back to our Phantoms Tuesday pattern. Yeah, me too. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant prospect expert, Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes, Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We've got a mailbag coming up this week, so send us in those questions. You can also uh, comment over on YouTube to get your questions on the show as well. On today's show, we are going to talk about a little bit of Flyers news with a PTO that they announced yesterday. Uh, We've got our rookie camp recap with a focus on Ian LaPerriere and what our expectations for Lehigh Valley are going into his second season as their head coach. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, like I said, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, we've got a PTO for training camp, and that's Antoine Roussel. And man, I'm having Chris Stewart flashbacks here i don't know about you well at least with chris stewart like you knew he was being brought in because a notable known good guy uh been around the block a lot had things to teach okay i get that you're bringing in antoine roussel who has the reputation of being a rat maybe he was friends with the sedines fine because he protected them and and a few other players on that team but you already have at least two other players that could fill that role. So now, you know, everybody's like, well, don't worry. Torts is just doing his buddy a favor or or ex-player a favor. And, you know, he probably doesn't make the team or whatever. But you see the quote from Roussel, and then you're like thinking, well, he thinks he can make the team, or at least he's saying that, which is pretty bold. And then it does make you think that if the coach thinks that he can make the team, well, we just got out out of a good rookie tournament what is that? What message is that to the players there? How much chance does even Noah Cates think he has to make the team now? If, if he were to, you know, take one of these spots on the team and adding like yet a third rough and tumble enforcer, whatever you want to call them, some of these guys are going to be left out. Yeah, it's a really good point you have there. And, you know, we've talked over the past few shows, especially about the fact that the Flyers only have one contract spot left and so we had been talking about some of the camp invitees did they have a shot at at it we'll get Mm -hmm. into that we had talked about picking up a Sonny Milano who is much younger I mean Antoine Roussel is like 33 years old right Mm -hmm. so I think that 
it just shows like where your head is at. If this is the kind of guy you're bringing in on a PTO, instead of maybe thinking more about signing one of the camp invitees or a younger guy like Sonny Milano, who has much more considerable upside and I think is a, a better risk to take. Yeah, he is, but we don't know what Torts thinks of him. He had him once. Mm, so that is that is fair. He did uh get a PTO from Calgary. So yes. hopefully he will uh make the team there. I think he'll have a good chance. I think Calgary needs the offense. But but getting back to this team, it's like does this team need more toughness? Is it literally do you want like one tough guy on every line? Is that the mandate here? I, I mean, even if you say, hey, you you know, maybe the team's not gonna be great. So you want them to be the hardest team to be to play against in the league. It's going to work against you. Roussel takes a lot of dumb penalties. You're going to put mm -hmm. a pressure on a lot of young defensemen still, developing defensemen. Even though Sandheim's pretty good, he's still developing. You're going to put a lot of pressure on these guys on the penalty kill just because he's going to, you know, do things on the ice that maybe makes the coach happy. Maybe he sticks up for a player or two, sure, but also takes dumb penalties and puts you down in a game. And this is not the kind of team that can come back from big deficits in games. And I, I just, look, it's lost on me. Yeah, it, it is certainly confounding. And uh, talking again about some of those camp invitees that we were talking about, seems like none of them made a huge impression kind of wrapping up rookie camp. Here. I mean, I have to agree and with you because they just signed a PTO and they hadn't signed one the whole time. So it, it does seem like that's the message. Yeah. And when uh, Ian LaPerriere was asked about the invitees, uh, he just kind of made a side joke about liking the French Canadians. And you can tell that he has nothing significant to say when he makes that joke because he right. uses it. Like it's in his arsenal of like post-game press conference yeah. responses. He's and always so said stuff like that. Yeah, so it just seems like none of them made enough of an impression. And and the Roussel uh, PTO, I think, like you said, really confirms that. It's a shame because I think a guy like Hates, you know, is deserving of every preseason game and a real shot at the team. Whether he gets that or not, who knows? Uh, the other guys, you know, I felt like there was a little bit of time have for them to spend wherever so that's fine. That that doesn't really um, bother me as much. But I still think the timing of this is all wrong. Like, it's like, if you wanted to do this, you, you could have done it a week ago, and then we wouldn't jump to conclusions like this because you did it at the end of camp. But because you did it like this, and because of those post-game comments and everything else, we're stuck here to try and piece together what the thinking of this franchise is instead of saying, all right, well, you know, two weeks ago they signed Antoine Roussel. That's great. Yeah, they literally signed him. He's flying here as we speak, and he's going to be in camp on Wednesday. Like, it's that quick. It's like all of a sudden it's an emergency to, to get Antoine Roussel in camp. And so, yeah, it does make me think that nobody made an impact or or the counter argument to that is none of them ever had a chance anyhow. Yeah. Rookie camp to me has been good in a lot of ways. I think we got some really good information about some of the lead younger guys on the team. We learned a lot more, I think, about where Ronnie Adder is. Uh, we saw what Tyson Forster 
needs to work on. But I think, you know, at the same time, we didn't get any more of a sense of where these kids are in the next stages, because it seems pretty clear who's moving forward with a shot at that, at that main roster with Noah Cates. And I think Tyson Forrester, Ronnie Adderd, uh, maybe Elliot Denoye will get like one group a day in that's main training it. camp yeah. and that's it. And then Sam Erson will be in the goalie rotation, you know, for the group a ice, right. Because he just has to for development and yes. for having a better goalie in net for the main players to shoot against. Right. Yeah, you know, in the end result, if nobody from rookie camp makes the team, it's not the end of the world. We know that. We acknowledge that. We talked about that. But if we also acknowledge nobody in rookie camp has a real chance of making it before camp starts, then we have a problem because the team isn't good enough for that. The team isn't so successful or so stacked with players that there can't possibly be a spot. That's the the hard part to get to wrap your brain around. Yeah. I'm curious what you think after, you know, he only played in one game, but Edgar Zamula, mm -hmm. uh, where do you think he fits in? Like, do you think he gets one of those group A days or is he really just a phantom at this no, point? No, I think he's a phantom. I don't even think Torts is going to think twice about him. He, Zamula is going to have to have a really good season and somebody else is probably going to have to prompt Torts to bring him up. Otherwise, or, you know, or because of injury, they say, hey, look, Zamula's close, and then Torts decides to give him a look. But otherwise, Nick Sealer's got this spot locked up as far as I see it. I, I know that sounds yeah. crazy, and I don't want to say that because I want to believe somebody else has a chance. But right now, he's the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the upside of this for me, like when we talked uh, yesterday about the rookie game wrap up is seeing Ronnie Adderd and Igor Zamula get to play together and really build yes. their skills together. I think that is the upside for them here. Yeah, that is the upside. And look, and if that happens this year, that's it's, it's again, it's not the worst thing. I just, I still think this team is not on the same page, which with what the coach wants to do, with what the GM says he was going to do and maybe is going to do, and maybe even with what the organization is hoping. I just think there's nobody is on the same page right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. And uh, I think the man who has to get everybody on the same page to some degree in Lehigh Valley is Ian LaPerrier. And we are going to talk about how he ran rookie camp this year and kind of where we think his head's at after we hear about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So, Russ, how do we think Lappy did 
at rookie camp this year, running things overall, uh, especially up against last year, which was his kind of first year as the head coach of Lehigh Valley or the forthcoming head coach of Lehigh Valley. He's been heavily involved in rookie camp for many years before that as an assistant coach for the Flyers, but he really kind of had to step things up last year. And then now that he has like first year experience under his belt, were the expectations higher, right? You would think, I mean, I honestly have no feel for how the expectations are for Ian LaPerrier or for Lehigh. No feel for it. And I've been in Lehigh a lot the last couple months. And I talk to people, and there's really not a feel for it. Uh, what I would say is, I thought, you know, rookie camp was fine. I thought uh, there were some decent performances. I thought the PK looks like it's still going to be good with the guys they've got. The power play is still going to have issues with the guys they've got. Although if they have Ronnie Adderd at the you know point of the power play, that could be a big boom for them. Uh with Forrester on there too. It'd be hard to be bad then, right, Rachel? But you know, anyhow, <laughs> we move we move on. Uh I still feel like the skating isn't as aligned as it should be with other teams. I don't know if that's all on the players or the pace of the game or how they want them to play. I don't see any room for guys being able to bring the puck up the ice themselves. They just don't allow it. Now, luckily, they don't have a Kale McCarr right now, but don't you feel like if they had someone like that, that that person, that player would eventually have to pass it off and that next player would still have to make another pass before you get your zone entry? Like, it just doesn't seem like they want a player to bring the puck up the ice, even if they had one that really could do it with ease. Yeah, I think there is a, a distinct lack of creativity mm-hmm. with LaPerriere. And that and that's really what you're speaking to here, yeah. is that he really is not an X's and O's guy. He's a get the guys in shape and he's more of a a buddy-buddy guy. And he's only really going to say positive things about the guys out there. And, and you saw that, right, with... Mm-hmm his post-game press conferences for the rookie games where he said he's happy with the effort overall, they worked hard, where they got severely outshot, right, in that yeah. second game especially. Which is and, a hallmark of the Flyers team last year mm-hmm. too, the whole organization. Yeah, yeah, that there didn't seem to be any onus on him to make any significant changes going into this rookie camp. And I think that's really telling that he didn't emphasize that himself. I mean, everybody is saying, oh, you know, things have to be different this year, but they're not really talking about or showing what they're going to do to be different this year and to be more creative. And it it just doesn't align. And that's where my problem with him is right now, because uh, he was asked uh, at the second game post game presser, I think it was about, does he have any advice for the guys he just coached at rookie camp going into main training camp? And he said, you know, don't worry about coming back to me in Lehigh Valley. Don't be, Try to be don't try to be somebody you're not in training camp and worry about what Torts wants from you. And that's like, 
I don't know. I, in some ways, it's good advice, but at the same time, it just shows that he's like sort of a default that he doesn't see himself. Yeah, it's in sort a of esoteric. It's esoteric. Yeah, advice. It's... That he is not part of the leadership that has to develop this team into a more competitive franchise. Yeah, I think I think there's something to it. I mean, there is something good about him wanting to answer questions for guys and doing all those things. Uh, it would be good if he took a more um, analytical or just closer look and say, yeah, you know, I didn't like where we were in, in that zone. I don't think we had enough pressure on the goalie. I think we were fortunate in the overtime. I know he joked about it. That's great. And it's good. You know, I, the funny thing is, is last year you could joke about a lot because the season was lost pretty early, even for the Phantoms. Mm-hmm. They never really were in it, in it. But this year, it's like nobody's going to want to joke post game if you you know if you won your first overtime game in like seven games. Like there, people are expecting more. People that are covering the team are expecting more. And you know, based on you know a lot of your better prospects being there, there should be better results. Again, we don't know exactly what the edict's going to be. I guess we have to sort of wait and see exactly what the team looks like, but we have an idea what the players are going to be and who they are. And I got to tell you, I still think they're going to be relying on their goaltending tremendously like they did in the rookie game. They won five, one where air basically, you know, took the heart out of the Rangers. I mean, he, he made some great saves, but yeah, you're right. The shot total was really close and like, I don't know. Can you expect to win? all the time in the AHL like that. It didn't work out last year. Last year, they had really good goaltending. Right. And so if I'm in the Perrier and I'm saying these kids are working really hard, they're eminently coachable, they listened to us and made adjustments between periods, they asked good questions, they improved every day at camp. If this is what I'm saying, and this is in theory what I am observing, don't you want them to like break out a little bit and be more of themselves that you wanted them to be on, on the ice. And at the same time, you as their coach need to be able to mold that into a winning team. And that's, that's the missing link for me. Yeah. I mean, I think other than Forrester, when he said he looked like a different kid, you know, in a positive way, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear that much else about anybody else other than Zamula gaining weight. And, you know, I had to do some digging on that. I didn't realize um, that, that he had lost weight during COVID. So he did start the year 185. Then he got low, you know, was lost weight. And so it is up 12 pounds now from the time that it, like he had COVID. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So I finally, we get to the bottom of that math. But like, those were the main two things that I heard. Other than that, I didn't hear a lot of other stuff that made me feel like, okay, you know, these guys are are really on the path. You know, even even the you know, the Cates game, Noah Cates with the shorthanded goal and stuff. I, I don't know if I even saw a quote about that. I thought that was a tremendous play, but I I'm not even sure it registered. I think it did a little bit, but I, I think the greater point of, about the lack of specificity is is a good one uh, about a lot more individual players and a lot more about systems and, and 
analytical things, like you were saying. I think, you know, to me, and this is not hugely relevant in the big picture, but the only interesting thing to come out of rookie camp to me from a Lappy standpoint was uh, about preparedness for fighting and the fact that they gave Chris Stewart gave them a, a lesson afterward, because as Lappy said, and this is a fair point, you know, he doesn't think fighting should be part of the game anymore. It's a different game now, but it still exists. And if somebody is physical with you in a way that suggests a fight could be coming or is going to hit you, like you have to be physically prepared with how to do it. And so that's why that session happened. And the fact that Lappy said, yeah, fighting shouldn't be part of the game anymore. That was the most interesting thing I heard from him. Yeah. But you know, that's, it just runs counter though. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. he thinks. He's still teaching it. My whole yeah. thing is I see Russian players, whatever, they take boxing lessons and they do it in the off season. Why am I wasting ice time teaching guys how to fight when I could be teaching them something else? They could learn how to defend themselves in the off season anywhere, anywhere. They can go to a UFC yeah. rank. They can go anywhere. Well, to be fair, this was after practice at the end and it was like, no, I know, but it's to just hang out, but okay. I just don't see the use of it. I don't. The practical use of it. And I would hope Chris Stewart could do a lot more than that. I know there was a mm -hmm. lot of discussion about this. That's all well and good. But see, that's the whole thing, though. This year, the whole, while fighting may be up a tick in the league, um, in Philly, the they're trying to make the mindset like, hey, fighting's cool again. Like, and eh, I'm fighting that. But don't you notice that since, you know, like last year that, you know, this is what they're embracing? organization wise to some degree yeah but I, I just don't see it being a any more of a part of what the phantoms will be doing than is typical for the ahl which is higher than the nhl but at the same time i hope certainly it's it's not a focus and we will be getting to what we think the focus should be in lehigh valley coming up next Russ, I think there's nowhere to go but up for Lehigh Valley because last season was so atrocious, uh, not making the playoffs. So for me, the number one expectation for this team under Lappy should be to make the playoffs. And if they don't, or they're, they're out of it extremely early like they were last year, I think you have to talk about making a change in Lehigh Valley at head coach. I can't argue with that. I mean, if I look at defense and let's just say Adderd's there and Adderd's there and Wiley's there and Zamula's there and Millman's there, that's a pretty good four defensemen right there. Like my defense should be much improved and my offense from the blue line should be much improved. Uh, Goaltending wise, they should miss a beat. I think Irson could do just what, you know, Sandstrom could do at the AHL level as long as he's healthy and so far he is. So, and, you know, and they still have Nagel backing up. Like that's, to me, they're not going to miss a beat there. So now I get it if he can't talk about line combinations yet because they just came out of rookie camp and you don't want to kind of, you know, spoil anything for, you know, the main camp. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to at least, and maybe he does, in his mind have to be looking at what should these lines be because uh, most of these players, if not 99% of them, are going to be back here. Uh, a few won't, you know, and a few guys like Zanetti, whatever, you know, they'll go other places. But a lot of these players will be back here. And what am I expecting out of that? And so, like, based on, you know, these past two games, what I saw, I think that uh, scoring could be up a tick. 
But again, you know what's funny? Is Wade Allison going to make the Flyers or is he going to be a Phantom? I think he'll be a Phantom, <laughs> but we don't know because, you know, if he's healthy, he could, you know, catch Torts' eye. But maybe he's going to be a Phantom, right? So then the Phantoms definitely play better with Wade Allison than they did with without him, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll, I'll guess that he's going to be there just for the sake of this discussion. And, and so I'm going to just say now that the Cates brothers are going to be there and you know, none of these players are going to make the, uh, the big club. So I think if they went with Forrester and the Cates brothers as a top line, it wouldn't be bad. I think that's a pretty good top line actually. And, and I think there's a lot of built in continuity with the brothers that would enable you to help win at the AHL level. So me personally, I would not want to break it up. And as long as Forrester can, you know, gel with them, that's great. I mean, you already got that built in, leave that alone. It's not going to hurt any of them. And then I still even feel like second line wise, they're going to be pretty strong. You know, Ratcliffe will be there. And um, so I think, I think their top six looks good. You know, then yeah. after that, I think it'll get, you know, a little fill in ish as far as, you know, what they'll have talent wise. If Lixell doesn't make the flyers, that's, you know, he probably is on the second line, but maybe he's a third liner. So I would expect a little more offense this year. They have to and be able to Hayden, do that. Hayden Hodgson will be yeah. down there as well. Yeah, Hodgson so, will be there too. I, and you, you put him with I a guy like Lixell. Yeah, yeah, I think ultimately they may have three strong lines going here. And, and they'll rotate them around. But I'm certainly hoping they can bank enough wins early in the season with some of these stronger guys before anybody gets called up to the Flyers, right? That that they will, in fact, make the playoffs. And, and I think that they should at least, like you said, have a stronger penalty kill and and have some more opportunities on the power play because that was a huge part of what was dismal about the Phantoms last year. But I, I worry about it just from a, a systems perspective that who do they have down there running these things and can they make the necessary improvements? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, uh, you know, I was talking to people about what they feel about how the league will be next year and how teams will be. and you know, there's, there are some really good teams and some teams do load up on veterans because they're looking to win and that's fine. The Flyers are kind of like in that middle area where it's a lot of prospects and they fill in some veterans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. I'll, I'll really look at things in a week or two and, and decide um, where I think they fall and everything else, but... I just have a slightly better feel than I did for last year, but it's not because of coaching. It's just because of players they're going to have that they didn't have last year. That's really my honest opinion. Yeah. I think if the Phantoms don't have five or six players that are NHL ready based on what is happening in Lehigh Valley, that's where I have a problem, right? Because they're going to have to have some guys that are ready for call up. So to me, that's, you know, three to four forwards and two to three defensemen. Well, do I uh, dare say Cam York could be one of them if all of a sudden he doesn't oh impress God. Torts? I mean, Oof. we have to, and Morgan Frost could be another one, you know? Yeah. 
I this training camp is going to be a doozy where the lines get drawn between group A and group B and and how that plays out and if he's going to if Torts is going to put some people in group B to essentially piss them off to see what they if they have fight in them to try and make the the big squad but you know he could make some guys that you wouldn't expect spend some time in Lehigh Valley and I think that's that you know, ultimately, is that good for Lehigh Valley? I'm not bringing it up to be a jerk either. I'm just bringing it no. up to expect the unexpected. Like, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And and I do think that Lappy will be under a lot more pressure this year. And, and that's really the main point here is that yeah. uh, the expectation should and will be higher in Lehigh Valley. And he is at the at the center of all that. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. The Hockey Hall of Fame is having a game uh, where they are going to reunite the Legion of Doom in their Legends Classic. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. It's always good when these guys get together and just uh, play for fun out there. And uh, man, just brings me back to some better days, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they were a dominant line. I mean, they were fun to watch. I think they'll get a lot of fans out there for the um, to watch that. and It'll be good. Um, I, I just hope, like, Michael Remberg can really skate and stuff right now. I mean, remember that, that fishing accident that he had with the hook and oh, all God. that? That was awful. I know he played after that, but this is many years later. I just hope he doesn't have any effects. But that was a gruesome kind of injury that he had. All right. Well, uh, we got a little bit of news as we are recording this. So we'll have to talk about it on tomorrow's show in our training camp preview. But Artem Anisimov is also joining Flyers Camp on a PTO. So uh, lots to talk about on tomorrow's show. Watch out, Morgan as, Frost. That's what that's well, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a reminder, we want to hear from you. What do you think about these PTOs for training camp and training camp in general? You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. You can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL, where Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.